This is the After Party, live with Jim McAllister and John Daly. Hello there, Kim. Hello there, John Daly. How's it going on this afternoon? Happy Wednesday. I'm keeping track of the days these days. Uh, Wednesday. I have a big meeting tonight. Oh, uh uh-oh. It's a very important meeting. It's a big meeting. meeting? It's, well, kind of, I want to say, maybe a little bit. My daughter is taking this class, a broadcast journalism class, and they're looking for a parent advisory panel. So I thought, well, I know a little something about broadcast journalism. Do you know who I am? Maybe they could use my expertise. Right. Do you know who I am? I'm kind of a big deal. But then I saw the list of all the people that are on the parent advisory panel. Turns out I'm not a very big deal at all. Oh, really? (laughs) Yeah, they got reporters from NBC Bay Area, people from the Giants organizations. Yeah. Yeah, there's all these people that are like very high up in the, you know, this broadcasting. Is just High School? Like, yeah. And so oh. I'm thinking maybe they don't need me after all. That's kind of funny. Well, who knew that many media people lived in uh, Petaluma? I guess it's a media mecca, right? West for $5 with a what? super sticker. Yeah, baby, you're in. Thank you so much, Wes. Wes is more and reliable than Muni. I want to thank you, Wes. <laughs> Deidre with the $5 super what? sticker. Fresh off uh, uh, Maui and back here in the Bay Area uh, and taking us around with her as she runs errands. Thank you for for hauling us along with you, Deidre. We're glad to be on the ride. Deidre doesn't and need a 3D printer. She's getting it done. That's right. Uh, it is the After Party Live. Thank you for being here. If you could click the like button, click the subscribe button. Uh, we appreciate it. Clear, clearly, you see here that the uh, Super Chat is live. So thank you guys for starting us off with a little something, something. You can always yes. find the PayPal information in the show description as well. Mike Hendricks. Oh, look at that. A $5, $5. super sticker. It's so exciting. <laughs> thank you, Mike Hendricks. You're awesome. So excited. You Let's... just can't hide it. Still not enough money, though, to buy this house. So we have to work toward that, you guys, all right? Uh Uh-oh, is this an abandoned house? This is not an abandoned house. It's also not a crack house, and it's not a meth house. This is Robin Williams' former San Francisco home, which is now on the market. Looks like a castle on the ocean, doesn't it? Yeah, I've seen it. It's very nice. Mm, So... Robin Williams and his ex-wife and Mrs. Doubtfire producer, Marsha Garces Williams, uh, used to live in this Italian Renaissance-style residence. It is on El Camino del Mar in the Seacliff neighborhood in San Francisco. I know where that is. It is Panoramic. not by Whole Foods. No, it is not. It is not. As a matter of fact, you know, my car might not quite fit in with this neighborhood. You know the- what it is near? It's relatively near where Ron Owens used to live. Oh, isn't that nice? Yeah, Yeah. they're kind of a big deal, collectively. You can see from this house panoramic views of the Golden Gate Bridge, the Marin Headlands, the mouth of the San Francisco Bay. It was built in 1926, got 10,600 square feet, six bedrooms, seven baths. It's got a Japanese-themed bathroom with a raised soaking tub. It has a library, a media room, and a wine cellar. Well done, Robin Williams. It's got a walk-in vault for all your gold bars and a separate (laughs) one-bedroom guest apartment as well. Somebody alert Menendez. A walk-in vault, yes. Uh, Robin Williams... It gets better. It gets better as you read along. Robin Williams kind of put some extra touches on this property. Yeah. 
secret rooms, hidden passageways that he designed especially for his children. They had a giant topiary dinosaur peeking out over its walls for years. Looks like that's gone now. So the home also was featured in... How could you get rid of that? What? You know, if it was Robin Williams' house, how could you get rid of the dinosaur topiary? Oh, yeah. If whoever bought it, would you'd want to keep that. Right. It seems kind of fun and whimsical. But when you're paying $25 million for this house, that's what it's on the market for, maybe you want more of a, you know, less whimsical, more classic, you know, thing going on. But yeah, $25 million. Um, my sister Beautiful, actually though. saw Robin Williams at this house. Um, she was outside for some reason. They were in the neighborhood. And uh, there was a whole group of tourists outside, of course, right? Yeah. And Robin actually opened the door and started, like, talking to everybody and entertaining everybody. Isn't that um, cool? And, and he did that for, like, uh, probably, like, f- 10 minutes at least. And then yeah. he said, okay, everybody shows over. And then he walked back <laughs> inside and closed the door. I thought that was, I thought that was cool. What a, what a treat for people. Yeah, he was a yeah. really... You know, he's one of the celebrity deaths that I think affected me the most, yeah. not just because he's from the Bay Area, but because he had this this human element to his work that was so relatable. Yeah, it's like a magical feel- quality. He was a perfect yeah. fit for Disney in Disney yeah. movies. Yeah. Um, he was always my favorite comedian. Sad to see him go. So yeah. his house for sale for 25 mil, and I uh, hope it goes to somebody who's equally as cool. Maybe Mark can pick it up. Yeah, maybe. Create those uh, Mark Thompson studios up here. The animal stories begin with escaped llamas, alpacas, what? Uh, and they got free on a British road. Yeah, we have some video here. It's a sad situation. It was a bit of chaos and off they went to the races. It's not just heavy rainfall that's been thwarting most race in Cumbria. A herd of llamas and alpacas brought rush hour drivers on the A66 last night to a standstill. About 30 of the animals made the break, causing this most unusual traffic jam near Penrith. It's thought they escaped after someone crashed a car into a fence at a farm shop, leaving a hole. Farm staff eventually guided them back to their field. Yeah, Look at him go. Llama drama, eh? <laughs> <laughs> llama drama. Very strange looking, aren't they? Yeah, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Very strange looking, Kim. Very strange. So llama funny. drama on the A66. Llama. They had an R on the end. Llama. Llama yeah. drama. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, the terror in the fence, the llamas and the alpacas, alpacas got out. They're really cute. I think they're really cute. And I love the way they run. Yeah, do you remember that one I got out in, I think it was Arizona, and they had like the over the overhead like uh, helicopter footage, and they look oh. even funnier like from up above, right? Yeah. Fall back, and they're just like running around the neighborhood, and just like going down the street past Seven Eleven. I gotta get out of here. It's really funny. Oh, okay, well, well, from llamas to snakes, right? Yeah, not quite I thought we'd start with the cute one. Um, mm-hmm. Snakes get a lot of hate, but this this guy is actually not that uh, big. Uh, check this guy out. He's a tiny oh. little guy. Yeah, this was escape, and this is, wasn't far away from the alpacas. This uh, or alpacas. You say alpaca, I say alpaca. Mm-hmm. An escaped snake survives for a year outside. Animal rescuers in Scotland said a pet corn snake escaped from his home and survived for a year outdoors before being found. The Scottish SPCA said the snake was found outdoors in a residential area in Airdrie and brought to the organization's Glasgow uh, Animal Rescue and Rehoming Center. 
Uh, we put up a post on social media and managed to reunite the snake named Emmett with its owner. Hmm. Uh, we were shocked when the owner revealed that it had been missing for a year. That's pretty crazy. So, you know, you think, well, that makes sense to me because, you know, snakes have a survival instinct. They'd be out in the wild and were, you know, probably able to find food. But I think when you have a pet snake, you're supposed to keep it warm with one of yeah. those hot lights, right? They so also would... thrive in like a corporate environment, I've found. Oh, it's a corporate yeah. environment. Yes. Oh, look yeah. at this guy. <laughs> See, I don't think I, I know he's little and everything, but yeah. I don't think I don't think I think I'm cute. strangely okay with the small one. I find that to be a little scary. He like, looks it's funny, I don't he want looks that cute near me. to me. Whereas <laughs> no, if he was you. like four times the size or three times the size, I wouldn't think he was cute. Maybe it's because of yeah. the potential to eat me. Uh, but snakes snakes are notorious uh, escape artists and often can squeeze through a much smaller space than you can think, kinda like a mouse getting into your house. Yeah. So I guess that it lived outside for a year in Scotland when it's so chilly there, maybe, yeah, is that's, a big deal. Yeah, that's the big deal, the different temperatures yeah. and changes in weather. Um, yeah. But, you know, got enough to eat. Um, he's he's received a nice bath, a good meal, and a full shed <laughs> to live in. That's all you need, right, when you're a snake? Yeah, that's it. You know, just uh, just all the basics, and you got yourself covered. Uh, um, you know what else you need is you need food. Like yes, a big, you need food, big and humans need food as well. Yeah, mm -hmm. check this out. This is, now it's being called the world's largest grilled cheese sandwich. A pair of Wisconsin brothers led their friends and family in the creation of a massive grilled cheese sandwich measuring, get this, 10.9 feet long. Now, if you're doing 10.9, why don't you just go for the full 11 feet? Right. Uh, There's room six, on the pan. Look at They could have gone a little longer. <laughs> right. And six, maybe it shrunk mm -hmm. in, the, in the cooking process. And 6.25 feet wide. Exodus Chaudhry, 11 years old, and his brother Iggy, 10 years old, stars of the Exodus and Iggy show on YouTube. Okay, this is where it got really sad for me because I clicked over yeah. and, and looked. They have 150,000 <laughs> subscribers. 150,000. They're 10 and 11 years old. And We're getting just... our butts kicked by a 10-year-old. Yeah. <sighs> Used a custom-welded pan. Uh more than 300 pounds of dough and 60 pounds of cheese to create a 2.75 inch thick sandwich at the Tripoli Shrine Center in Milwaukee. Um, I'm more surprised that like, you know, a show like Mark Thompson doesn't have that number, right? The two right. kids making grilled cheese sandwiches, 150,000. Hey, Jeez. you know, people wow. want to hear what they have to say. YouTube is a tough game. Um, that, doesn't, now, does, that doesn't look appetizing to me. Yeah, it doesn't really look like a sandwich. It looks more like a flat, like a... Some Mediterranean yeah. flatbread. I'm not really interested. I don't look at that and go, ooh, must have bite. No. No. Looks like mm -hmm. some kind of like peanut butter creation. Yeah. No, yeah. thank you. Uh, no, thank you. We do want to say thank you to Spencer, who's popped in with a $5 hey, super Spencer. Thank you, Spencer. So thank you to Spencer. Thank you to Mike. Thank you to Deidre. And thank you to Wes for contributing to the show today. Um, let us move on to... Uh, <laughs> this one, this driver, who stopped. Really? I love these stories. Uh, stopped. Uh, he was stopped for using a clown as a dummy in the carpool lane. Now, it's not the first time you know, it's been done, but they always pick. Come on. They always pick the, the clowns that are not going to, you know, they're not going to go under the radar. That's obvious. Imagine? Yeah. No, I really can't. I mean, what a dumb move, right? But this guy puts this clown as the passenger in his seat in Washington State, drives in the carpool lane, the HOV lane, and a, the trooper, Rick Johnson, 
says the driver was in the the HOV lane on I-405 in Renton when a trooper saw the unusual occupant is like, hey, wait a minute. The trooper pulls the driver over, says, yep, that's a Halloween dummy, not a real-life creepy clown. He says, we love the Halloween vibe, but still, nope, it doesn't count. The dummy added an extra fine for this infraction, improper use of the HOV lanes, and then they got a little something extra for trying to be tricky. So, yeah, done. Yeah, that's insane I, I although i've noticed the only t- i'm not usually in traffic when the hov lane is you know being used it's usually like when it's not that busy um but the one in santa rosa when i'm coming southbound through santa rosa yeah and usually like in an in an after an afternoon in the week uh like maybe a friday or something like that not a single person has a second passenger and i'll count like 40 cars in a row they're not even trying to use a clown. Nobody respects HOV lane in Sonoma County. I don't know what it is, but they need to do some enforcement. It's frustrating when you see that and you're like, okay, we're all s- stuck in traffic. Yeah. And uh, no one's paying, playing by the rules. You know, maybe the um, maybe I need a clown. Speaking of creepy uh, things in your car, now that it's Halloween, you know, people dress up their homes, but they also do things to their cars. And I saw the other day, and I know it wasn't real because it was kind of flattened. It was a foot coming out of a trunk. The guy was driving around and the foot was kind of Or maybe dangling. he just wants you to think it's a decoration. It's the it perfect a, time of the year to do that. It was a decoration. It was kind of a bloody you foot. You need to transport a corpse. This is the time of year. <laughs> no one's going to bat an eyelash. Oh, look at the cute Halloween decoration. It's I used so to think fine. that when I was bartending and people would show up in like a costume full of blood and with like yeah. a, a, a weapon. I'm like, that would be the perfect way to get away with a crime. Right. On Halloween. Walk right in. No one would even... Although I shouldn't like, be uh, giving anybody ideas on YouTube. No, really don't. Um, <laughs> but hey, you know what? There, it's not the only creepy thing going on in the world. People don't think. And that's what happened in Michigan. Yeah. So think. Uh, speaking of bad ideas, we teased this yesterday. Yeah. Uh, this was our Hitler story. I'm not going to show you the uh, graphic uh, mm-hmm. just because we have some taste. But a a Michigan state apologized Saturday night, saying it was deeply sorry for displaying a giant image of Adolf Hitler on its video board during a trivia segment that preceded its home game earlier in the day against Michigan. The image was posted during a pregame trivia segment. So this is big, you know, like kind of like a a jumbotron type screen after after a question asking where Hitler was born as fans were arriving for the game against the number two Wolverines. The school said that the segment was provided by a third party source. (laughs) <laughs> who's your third party source like a fascist trivia.com uh, msu is aware that inappropriate content by a third party was displayed on the video board prior to the start of the football game um but uh, we are deeply sorry for the content that was displayed and this is not represent representative of our institutional values well i would hope not uh but uh of, of course the response and subsequent follow-up was swift uh you know uh, NBC Sports said, in a world where Jewish people are being killed and tortured every single day, right. Michigan State puts a picture of Hitler up on a massive scoreboard as a wacky trivia right. answer, like he's some movie star or something unbelievable. Uh, Michigan State did lose the game 49-0, to and the video board message was the latest blemish in their troubling season. I know you're following Michigan State. Um, but anyway, mm-hmm. they've admitted that they have a problem. They need to uh, they need to work with the contractor. I, th- I say they get a new contractor uh, to make sure that they, you know, check everything and put in processes protocols and standards make sure that doesn't happen again some people who will say oh it's just a trivia question you're being too sensitive you know it was a legitimate question but 
with everything happening no. in the Middle East right now, even it's without just everything really... happening, no, no. Well, and no. I read a story this morning that there's been a, a huge increase in crimes against people of the Jewish religion and also yeah. the uh, Muslim religion. So, but you even know, like on our trivia, we're not going to be glorifying you know horrible monsters like that. There's no reason. No. There's ten thousand other questions you can ask, and it's just in bad taste. And uh, yeah. Yeah, whoever put that in there should obviously be fired. But uh, you're you know fired. Who's, uh, who's not getting fired? <laughs> no, this next guy, the Goldman Sachs CEO. His name is David Solomon. Yeah, he's a cool guy. Like by day, he's whizzing through your cash. Financial wizard by trading, day, and he's making money hand over fist. By is he night. Batman? Like what's what's his night? night by day? night, he's a DJ. What? Mm -hmm, yeah. Wicka, he wicka, loves, wicka, wicka. To, loves to DJ, but he can't do it because apparently they said, this is not a professional look, sir. You, we don't <laughs> like that you're doing this. You're the CEO of Goldman Sachs. So he's got to sideline the DJ gig. The U.S. Investment Bank's board was concerned that his DJing sideline hustle would distract him from his main job. I think you could do both, but... He said, all right, I get it. Uh, he, I love to spin the electronic dance records, but he has stepped down. He had some pretty big gigs, though. He had been performing in Manhattan, in some tiki bars in the Bahamas. He was even called to the Lollapalooza Festival to perform. But Goldman Sachs board members, it made him pretty uncomfortable. He uh, was DJing this event in the fancy Hamptons, in New York in 2020. And there, you know, was that was the height of the pandemic and there was no right. social distancing at the party. So he no. kind of got dinged for that. So he hasn't publicly DJed in over a year. So it turns out maybe you can't do everything you want to do. The Goldman Sachs CEO had to make a choice and he chose the money, not the spinning. So that's the way it is. I'm shocked. Mm -hmm. The Goldman Sachs CEO chose money over yeah. DJing. It happens. I am shocked. Happens. Yeah. This is a pretty cool story. Uh, we like to uh, cover uh, unearthed items. Um, this is really cool. An mm. ancient Amazon river rock carving uh, was exposed due to drought. Uh, so look this at happened that in... face chugged in there. Yeah. So, oh, there's wow. a couple. Yeah, there's, yeah, look at them all. Some wow. there too. Uh, this is in Brazil. A human faces sculpted into stone up to 2,000 years ago have appeared on a rocky outcropping along the Amazon River since water levels dropped to record lows in the region's worst drought in more than a century. Some rock carvings have been cited before, but now there's a greater variety that will help researchers establish their origins, according to archaeologists down there. One area shows smooth grooves in the rock, thought to be where indigenous inhabitants once sharpened their arrows and spears before Europeans arrived. Um, they didn't sharpen them enough, apparently. Mm -hmm. The engravings are prehistoric or pre-colonial. We cannot date them exactly, but based on evidence of human occupation in the area, we believe they're about 1,000 to 2,000 years old. Uh, the rocky point is called Ponto das Lajes on the north shore of the Amazon River near uh, where the Rio Negro and Solomos Rivers join. You know where that is. Of course. Yeah, that's where Whole, Fee, Whole Foods uh, coffee beans are. It's, yeah, it's where they, that's right. That's where they harvest. Yeah, that's it's where they harvest. so interesting that these things, that these these carvings were uncovered because of drought, right? That there they yep. had been all along and no one knew it. Yeah, that whole time there they are. It's it's so 
I guess it's this picture is haunting to me because it just looks like these faces from the past staring yeah. out at you. Yeah. A thousand to two thousand years old. Oh, interesting. Very ghostly. It is. Oh, well, you know, you don't, you won't mind, will you, if I get a massage while I'm talking to you? Would that be okay? No, it might be a little awkward, but go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, I'll just get my masseuse in here. I would really like to, uh, you know, get maybe a little neck massage while while we discuss. No, no, unprofessional and weird. Awkward. Okay. The boss of Air Asia is criticized for being unprofessional, getting a massage. Oh, man. While he is in a meeting. Look, at he's got his laptop right there. He's got his shirt off. The masseuse is going to town on his shoulders. Tony Fernandez, the boss of Air Asia, is facing a backlash for posting a picture of himself receiving a topless massage That's during a management meeting. Posting what, like it would have been okay if he kept his shirt on? No. It would have been better been... had he not it... shared that with the world. Okay, that's true, but it still would have been weird. Although I do have to give him credit. Air Asia is a very nice airline. It's kind of like the Southwest of uh, oh. Southwest Asia. Well, or Southeast you... Asia, rather. You know what? I guess it's very stressful keeping it that nice. Fernandez said, he, it's been a stressful week. And so you've got to love Indonesia and Air Asia culture that I can have a massage and do a management meeting. No, you can't. He was criticized across social media. Some people describe it as unprofessional, inappropriate, and absurd. They say he should be setting an example of good work ethic and culture, not flaunting his body and privilege. What are you doing in there? Flaunting his body? (laughs) Flaunt it. If you got it, flaunt it. There you go, Fernando. There is a case to be made for multitasking. I know what that's like. Um, But come on, you don't have uh, an hour later on in the day. When you're not on a camera? You've got to smash it all in at once, I guess. Mm -mm. No. No, and you know what? A massage is supposed to be relaxing anyway, where it's that moment where you can not think about things. You can kind of, you know, just check out mentally and enjoy the the feeling of having your muscles, you know, de-stressed. But he's not do, taking full advantage of that. He's having his, his body worked on, but he's also still thinking about the about work. His mind is not being cleared. He's not relaxing. He's working at the same time. And it's just like you said, well, maybe that is awkward. relaxing for him. No, no, that's not awkward. You know I mean, who really not... deserves a massage is this next guy. Mm. Um, not not our uh, CEO here, but a man who walked four hours round trip to work for 12-hour night shifts. He is now getting a new car. You get a new car! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A nonprofit donated the car to um, uh, Ernest Chandler. And uh, it was this uh, nonprofit was... Uh, founded by somebody who had cerebral palsy and died in 2013, and now his parents run it. Um, For the past five years, uh, Ernest Chandler has trekked two hours to work and two hours back because he didn't have a car. The 53-year-old's home is in Decatur, Alabama. It's about five and a half miles from his environmental cleaning job, where he drives a water truck and works 12-hour shifts, seven nights a week. Can you imagine him? Mm -mm. I feel lazy. Seven. Ni- he works seven nights a week. Twelve-hour shifts, seven nights a week. What? And was, yeah, yeah, and was walking four hours round trip to get to work. That's insanity. Wow. Uh, though Chandler sometimes got rides from coworkers and friends, he often found himself making the four-hour round trip walk in good weather and in bad. 
His long commutes will now be a thing of the past after a trusted friend and coworker decided to give him a life-changing gift, a car. Yeah. The men shared their heartwarming story with USA Today on Tuesday. That's pretty cool. Yeah. If anybody needed one, it was that guy. I Man. think he deserves the uh, the massage. Not, well, the, not, not our CEO friends. How about we take a little break? Ooh. And then when we come back... We can talk about Halloween displays. Uh, we'll also be talking about what happened on Dancing with the Stars. Not our normal topic, but this one might be too good to pass up. Yeah, it's you back on I... ABC this year. I know that yeah. because my mom was devastated when they put fan. it on uh, oh. Disney Plus last year. Mom was not showing out for Disney Plus. Um, we'll talk about Kevin Costner. And we'll also talk okay. about, you know, used to be you bought a house and well, Within just a couple of years or so, you'd see a profit, but that's not the case anymore. So we'll talk about all those things when we come back. That is all next on The After Party Live. The After Party Live is underwritten by our audience. And without you, this show wouldn't be possible. If you can contribute $10, $15, or $20 a month, it would keep this party a rockin'. The PayPal link can be found in the About section of the YouTube channel or at the bottom of the show description. Any dollar amount is appreciated, and it all adds up. On behalf of Kim and myself... Thank you for your consideration. Aloha, bitches. It's the After Party Live. Aloha to you. We want yeah. to thank our repeat contributors, and that includes Geraldine J, Brian V, Pinky C, and Kim N. Thank you guys for helping keep this show afloat and keeping it going. Wes for five. We've got... Uh, Deidre for another five. Thank you for taking us with you on the errands. Mike Hendricks for five and Spencer for five. Thank you guys for contributing to the show. We yeah, appreciate you so much. You're allowing this to happen. You're awesome. We, na so, we may not have 2,000 viewers uh, like Mark had yesterday, but you know what? Yeah. We have spirit and we have escaped llamas. <laughs> and that counts for something. Yes. You know what else we have is Taylor Swift. Uh-oh. No, not a lot of people are like, uh, not Taylor Swift again. But It's the problem. It's her. It is. It is indeed. She's now become a feature of Halloween displays in New York and in Ohio. There's two separate Halloween displays going viral because they include Taylor Swift. Uh, they say uh, they one family says they love Taylor Swift, total Swifties. So they decided to go all out for Halloween this year and make it a Taylor Swift kind of situation. Uh, one woman says her four daughters and herself have been to every concert except Lover, of course, because that was during COVID. Uh, they've always attended Swift concerts. They've been Swifties for years. And so they decided to do a spooky Swifty display featuring an animatronic skeleton band playing along to Taylor Swift songs. And we probably can't show the video because it probably uh, We has do have video of one. Um, and Does it we have can... Swift songs playing in the background? Can we turn uh, the audio there's no, off? There's no music. Okay. I'm pretty sure. If not, I'll have to abort, but I'm pretty sure there's no music. Yeah. yeah, we're not going to get dinged for this music. So you have... Uh... You have fans there with their hands up, all skeletons, and you have Taylor on stage. Yeah. It's like a little Halloween spooky Taylor Swift skeleton show. Yeah, it's like a skeleton show. Uh, uh, that's kind of a cool display. Very elaborate. I mean, they really took a lot of time with it, you know? And then there's a special guest here at the end. Oh, oh. it's uh, what's his name? Travis Kelsey? Yeah. Yeah, the football player. 
and security's, uh, security, security's pulling him off the stage. Yeah, security yeah. skeletons are, I think, yeah. protecting him from the uh, onslaught of fans, I imagine. Very um, interesting. All but right. I thought that was kind of funny. And uh, we do have photos of the other, uh, some of the other um, displays around the country. Um, let's see here. I mean, we already knew she made it. Yeah. You know, but you've really made it when people are putting you as part of their Halloween display, right? You yeah, can't decorate their funny. house even without putting Taylor Swift in the mix. So you have uh, you have skeletons in the front yard, those oversized skeletons, ones of uh, of Taylor and ones of her, oh, her boyfriend. Oh, the huge ones. Those are expensive. And a very, like, Trump-looking uh, uh, presidential yeah. banner, Taylor Swift 2024. Swift 2024! <laughs> yeah. Trump 2024! <laughs> and here you have her again, uh in uh, front of like a cemetery rocking out hmm. and i think we have a couple more maybe one more two more this hmm. one i think represents all the different eras of our tour god people are going nuts for this stuff yeah wow. it's pretty crazy and here's the yeah. last one it's like so, enough already take a break people take a you know it's enough break. when uh when kim is over it yeah, I, it's true. I'm like, oh man, just put a ghost out there and be done with it. You know who else is over it? Tom. Tom. Tom Bergeron. This is pretty crazy, and uh, I'll have to call my mom to let her know because uh, mom is a huge Tom Bergeron fan. The Dancing of the Stars host details his bitter split with ABC. Quote: I knew this was coming. You know when you you see somebody disappear from a show, mm-hmm. whatnot. You're like, okay, in about a half a year, a yeah. year, we're gonna find out what really happened. Quote, it really pissed me off. We were becoming the show at its worst. Tom Bergeron is opening up about his dismissal from ABC's Dancing with the Stars, and the former host is not holding back. The 68-year-old left the reality competition in 2020 after being openly critical of the producers casting Donald Trump's White House press secretary, Sean Spicer, uh, in the show's 28th season. Do you remember that? So he was speaking uh, on a podcast, and he detailed his perspective of the behind-the-scenes conversations that led to his ouster after mm-hmm. 15 years. Like, he was that show. Yeah, totally. You know, for many people. Um, he said leading up to the fateful year, he had signed a new contract for three more seasons. During a couple lunches with the various producers who he, whom he did not name, he urged them not to cast any political figure due, the, due to the pending presidential election and increasingly mm-hmm. divisive climate. He said, quote, Make us the wonderful escape from all that divisiveness for right. you know for two weeks per hour, kind of like this show, right? No politics. Right. That w- that's what why people tune in because right. they want to kind of mentally check out and be entertained. Done. Right. And this is where it went downhill. The producers seemingly enthusiastically agreed, but then a few weeks later, he got a phone call from two producers giving him the heads up that Sean Spicer was being cast anyway, and he said, "Guys, this is exactly what we said we wouldn't do," and I would have responded the same way had they booked Hillary Clinton whom I voted for. Mm-hmm. Don't go there. Yeah. It's not the right time. Play to our strengths. Be the show that yeah. gives people a break from all this BS. Uh, he didn't say BS. So I, I was furious. I think he's right. I mean, I get yeah. his point. I, I yeah, he agree. even offered to take that season off, um, but they countered by letting him out of his contract entirely. It really pissed him off. His temper kicked in, and uh, he said, at least I'm going to let people know uh, that they effing, he didn't say effing, <laughs> they effing lied to me. <laughs> so in uh, August 2019, he took to Twitter to vent his frustration. I don't know if you remember that happen- happening. Um, but after that, that, that time, it was like, you know, okay, it's over. And, you know, his people and their people worked it out and he, he left the show. But, you know, it's usually something like that or money or both, right? Mm-hmm. When people just disappear from a show. A lot of people yeah. go, why, why, why? You know, well. I like that he took a political stand, though, and, you know, or a stand against politics in general. Well, and they had an agreement, so they went Mm -hmm. back on the agreement, and uh, I don't fault him for that at all. 
So Kevin Costner's had this big thing with Yosemite. Uh, not Yosemite. I always do Yosemite it. Sam? Yellowstone. Yeah, pew, Yosemite pew, Sam. Pew, pew, pew. I can see that. <laughs> with Yellowstone. Get off my land, Yosemite Sam. He wanted to do this movie. Well, his movie Horizon is yeah. finally coming. Uh, October 5th, Warner Brothers put the actor-director's Western epic trailer on its schedule. And saying it's movies, the- plural. It is. The first film in the planned four-part project, Horizon and American Saga Chapter 1, arrives in theaters June 28th. The second comes out two months later, August 16th. So kind of back-to-back. The third film is currently undated. They're going to likely start it after the SAG-AFTRA strike gets resolved. Um, And so this is the the project he believed so fervently in right. that he walked away from this top TV show. And, and really, Kevin Costner, historically, is more of a movie star than a series kind of guy anyway. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I'm so, I mean, you have to think this might be pretty exciting. Oh, thank you. Sorry, my son just came and uh, checked in. Uh, but yeah, it's, so it sounds pretty good. It's Horizon, the back-to-back release strategy. They say it's bold and it's virtually unprecedented for a major Hollywood title. So, so he's like, I see you're dancing with the star, or I'm sorry, not dancing mm-hmm. with the stars. I see you're dancing with the wolves, <laughs> not different yeah. kind of dancing, dancing with the wolves, and I raise you. That's right. right. You think you could just yeah. do a three-hour movie? No, no, no. We'll do four movies. We'll just stretch it out. I don't know if I agree with this, but studio executives think the unique rollout will take make the pictures feel more like an event that can break through and excite audiences. I don't feel like it's an event or like a live event. Well, I, I mean, still if feel it, like it's if going it gets to a movies. lot of buzz, uh, yeah. think of like Barbie Hammer, Barbie Hammer, Barbenheimer. Barbenheimer, thank you. Yeah, uh, you can tell I don't see movies. Yeah. Uh, you know, if it gets enough of that PR kind of fire and it, it yeah. lights up, kind of like this TV show that he's on, or he was on Yellowstone. Yeah. Um, if there's enough uh, excitement, it's kind of like um, any of the, the the movies that are f- franchise, right? Like the superhero movies or Sex in the City or whatever. If you have right. a buzz with your fans, I could see it working. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Well, let's head over to the story because when I saw this, that you uh, you found the story, John Daly, and I I made it the uh, the picture for the show today. So we better do it. I just feel like it's so. I don't. Know, it's just a sign of the times. People are paying more for everything, and then having to wait much longer to see any value yeah you have one of these uh, debit cards pictured here yeah that's exactly what mine looks like (laughs) get comfy homeowners it can take up to 13 and a half years to break even on your purchase Uh, according to zillow data exclusively shared with axios um, you'll have to stay in your house for more than a decade before you can sell and make a profit now Uh, Mm. historically experts have said that you need to stay in your home at least five years to break even but with mortgage rates inching towards eight percent New homeowners will need to stay put longer to avoid going underwater. Um, Life, of course, is unpredictable, right, Kim? They say it used to be five years that you would have to stay in, right? And so they called it a starter home. Yeah. That's not a starter home. If you have to stay there 13 years, that's like your home home. Well, some of us aren't even getting started. We're like, uh, we're hanging out in the pit. Uh, (laughs) People change where they they want or need to live all the time. And in a country with 66% home home ownership, 
uh, that's not conducive to that, right? Mm -hmm. So they're talking about how people get married, they get divorced, children arrive, leave the home, maybe come back again. Sometimes parents move in or sometimes your parents live next door, right? Yeah. Uh, a job might appear in a different city or an employer might embrace remote work, allowing your, you to move anywhere, right? Um, but wealth and income rise, fall, affect the amount of home that we can afford and personal uh, taste changes. So, you know, this is uh, kind of causing a problem for people who want to change their situation, right? So somebody in their 20s might prefer something secluded in the countryside a few decades later, you know, mm -hmm. after going into party mode, right? Sometimes people want to settle down. Um, so there's huge value in, in being able to move around easily from one house yeah. to the other. Um, but effectively, the U.S. system now has locked millions of Americans into a single home that they can barely afford. So that's okay. your Debbie Downer for the day. Uh, also a, a downer for this four-year-old who had a birthday. Oh, no. They start to celebrate a birthday at this school. Okay. And so when they found out it was a little girl's birthday, they thought... Got to go out and get a balloon. Give her something special. Make her feel a little special that something of out of the ordinary happened on her birthday. So they sent one of the teachers from the other classroom to get go pick up a balloon. She goes to the store. She, she grabs a balloon. It says birthday on it. She doesn't think anything else. Apparently, right. she doesn't. She's not really looking at this balloon. What's wrong with it? Uh -oh. Happy birthday, Grandpa. No. <laughs> what? No, 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 no. She says, I paid for it. I loaded it in my car. I got out of my car. I delivered it to the classroom. I swear, I didn't even notice. She said, I was in such a rush. I literally grabbed the first balloon I saw that said happy birthday. Never occurred to me that it might be something else. The funniest thing, she says, is I scanned it myself at the checkout. Oh, Still didn't geez. notice. It says happy birthday, grandpa. Takes it to the classroom, then leaves, and later in the day, she gets a text from the teacher that says, really? Are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> then she sent her a picture of the balloon and said, whoops. And the woman who bought it said, I burst out laughing. We're all in tears. How could I possibly have missed that? I think I would have taken a marker to it, at least, you know, like maybe a dark blue marker and uh, crossed out, covered up the grandpa. I think it's kind of funny. I love it. Yeah, Grandpa, your, your new I mean, nickname. It's possible the four-year-old can't read, so we'll just pretend it says happy. So it depends birthday. on the quality of the school. Yeah, well, well, you know, for you don't really start to be taught to read until five. You are you're taught letter sounds in uh, three to four, and then you're st supposed to be starting to piece words together five and maybe six. But there are some four-year-olds that are early readers, so who knows? Yeah, I started reading the newspaper and uh, listened to KGO around four. Oh, yeah, yeah. The more you listen, happens. the more you know. That's right. Um, That's why you are who you are. <laughs> and if you are a grandpa or in elementary school with a grandpa balloon, this next story is for you. Four cups of coffee or tea could be the secret recipe for fighting frailty in old age, right? What? I thought we weren't supposed to drink all the coffee. You now know what? We the, are study supposed people to drink all can't, the... the study people they can't, can't be held. They can't make up their mind. They can't be held to one answer or the other, Kim. Stop so, trying to hold so... them accountable. One day, coffee's bad for me, caffeine is bad, and I need to knock it off. And then the next day, I have to drink more of it to stay young? Yeah. Or you need uh -huh. to drink coffee okay. so you can keep on top of all these studies. Got it. Stay up late reading all of them. Drinking tea or coffee on a regular basis during middle age could help people ward off frailty later in life, according to a new study. The research conducted by a team at the National University of Singapore involved over 12,000 participants. That's a lot of people between the yeah. age of 45 and 74, spanning two decades. The key to these potential benefits, they suggest, is caffeine. 
Those who consumed four cups of coffee daily experienced the most significant benefits, but consistent drinkers of black and green tea, green tea also saw mm. advantages. I think green tea is probably where you should focus yeah. if you want to be healthy. Coffee and tea are mainstay beverages in many societies, as we know. Um, our studies show that consumption of these caffeinated drinks at midlife may be associated with a reduced likelihood of physical frailty later in life. However, further studies are still needed to confirm these longitudinal uh, associations and to hmm. investigate if these effects on physical frailty are mediated by caffeine or other chemical compounds. Um, initial interviews were conducted with participants uh, and their average age was around 53. They were asked about the drinking habits of caffeine-rich uh, beverages that would include tea, coffee, soda, as well as foods like chocolate. Uh, in subsequent interviews about 20 years later, participants were questioned about factors like their weight and feelings of energy. They also underwent tests measuring hand grip strength and the time needed to compete. Uh, I'm sorry, to complete a timed up and go test or a tug test. Have you ever done that? I'm gonna have to look no. into that. An up and go test. Okay, Kim, it's time to go. <laughs> up, 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 up and go. Let's move uh, it. <laughs> I run that test with Archie. Okay, up, 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 up. Uh, frailty was determined based on a combination of factors: weight loss, exhaustion, slowness, and weakness. In the study group, 84% of total caffeine uh, consumption came from coffee and 12% came from tea. More than two in three participants, so it's almost 69%, drank coffee daily, with the majority consuming one cup a day. Mm -hmm. um, that's, that's, I, I'm closer to that. The results highlight that middle-aged individuals who consumed coffee, black tea, or green tea had a significantly reduced risk of that physical fra frailty in their older years. Um, those who drank four or more cups of coffee had substantial lower odds. So interesting. it's interesting. Um, I guess they don't really say why. <laughs> uh, they they say that it's correlated, so don't know exactly why, but um, it is linked to those people in the study that have um, lower uh, rates of uh, disease, including diabetes, cardio cardiovascular issues, obesity, mm -hmm. and neurodegenerative disorders. Maybe it's because those people are active. Yeah, you know, maybe the, the caffeine keeps them moving. And right, so, it's got to be something like that. Yeah, um, I don't know. I know my mom is very active, and she does not have medical problems like most people her age. You know, yeah. and she's in her eighties, uh, but she gets her ten thousand steps in every day, Look and uh, it seems to be working for her. So, there is a house in Marin. Speaking of decorating up your house for Halloween, yeah, and this man that decorates up his house uh, is a huge Harry Potter fan and he transforms his home into Hogwarts of Marin. <laughs> Hogwarts of Marin. Hello, and I'm with Hogwarts of Marin. Every year he designs it around a different book in this series. The Half-Blood Prince, the sixth novel is this year's inspiration. Weasley's Wizard Wheezes, Luna Lovegood, Draco Malfoy, Professor Slughorn, the Pensieve and the Horcruxes, commonplace terms. Uh, they say they're all set to be <laughs> featured this year. Look at uh, that. Is that supposed That's, to be Voldemort? Yeah, he who shall not be named. Oh, sorry, I named him. Yeah. Uh, you can't do that. You need to know better. So you can't say his name, otherwise he appears to you, and then all hell breaks loose. Oh, man. But he opens his house to people and he doesn't charge anything. And the lines for this thing can stretch for blocks. People wait an hour, more than an hour, to walk through his home. He is, by day, a project manager for a construction company. And by, and by evening, night? he is the director of Hogwarts Marin. Oh, I thought you were going to say he's a DJ. 
No, no. it's uh, Marin's Halloween Hogwarts walkthrough. That's what it is. It's a Harry Potter themed haunted house. It's open to anyone. It's free of charge. And yeah, this is in San Rafael. So kind of exciting. It's about a five. Uh, it's a what? I don't know how long it takes to get walk through. Um, it's a five it minutes, about five minutes to get depends through. on depends the spells on, that you cast. That's right. I'm not familiar with this. Uh, I didn't read or I didn't read uh, all the books, but I didn't see all the movies either. Um, do you recognize this? No. Ministry of Magic. There's a it looks like a telephone booth. I don't know about the phone booth, but I know the Ministry of Magic. Well, there's an M there, so the... I guess this is the Ministry yeah. of Magic, maybe. Hmm, I don't know. But look at how much time and effort that takes. That is a lot of energy for Halloween. Yeah. And you only have I it up can't, for what? I mean, I'm into Halloween, pack but it all up. I'm like, how do these people have time to do this? Yeah. Make your house look like Hogwarts? It's kind of cool. He said, I'm the type of person that likes to put in whatever effort it takes to do something right, even if it's not the easiest. The story represented the real choice may not always be the easiest choice, but it's the right thing to do. And through the books, they make it apparent over and over again. So I guess he's just really into it. And he really loves it. He says he's been a Harry Potter fan since age 12. And the chance to share the story with the new generation has been really rewarding for him, especially when he sees people coming back to do the walkthrough because they love it so much. Sandy wants to know if he serves butterbeer. That would be cool. Butterbeer. No, he and, doesn't. Uh, I don't think he serves butterbeer. Kim says, oh, cool. It's on the same street as my mom's preschool. Oh, cool. Yeah. Very he cool. He really gets into it, though. That's pretty neat. So, Again, I don't know where you get time. Maybe you uh, you have the kind of job where you don't really have to do a lot. Project manager <laughs> of for a construction golf. company? I don't know. Well, you never know. Sometimes mm. you have a, a number two doing all the work. You know what that's like, Kim. I don't. Uh, <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm talking about radio. I'm talking about oh, radio. yeah, yeah. Okay. Prior jobs. When you don't have a news writer, you know, you don't yeah, have a news producer. You do it all yourself. You're, you're doing all the work. Yeah. So and your boss you is had, playing golf. You had done this story previously about bed bugs in Paris. Yeah. And um, you're welcome. I don't have a picture of a bed bug I yes. was going to. But for your benefit and the audience, I decided to go with a shot of Paris. So the apparently, the, you remember the story, right? Uh, it was yeah. all over social media, bed bugs everywhere and you know, gripping Paris. Well, apparently, now French intelligence is saying it was stoked by Russian trolls. Mm. What? It's disinformation. Yeah. It's fake news. Uh, experts told French RMC radio that Russian trolls used fake doppelganger articles looking like they were written by reputable French newspapers to fire on the... Uh, on the bed bug panic on social media. So the French news agency AFP identified two uh, such fake articles, according to the Telegraph. One of them resembles uh, articles from regional papers. La Montagne uh, claimed that the effective insecticides used to kill bed bugs were breaking the embargo on Russian chemicals. Oh, interesting. But they told mm. AFP had never published this article and called the doppelganger a forgery. And AFP adding that bed bugs have been present in France for longer than the sanctions against Russia have been in place. <laughs> uh, this is really strange. The internet has made the world so weird. And now yes. that was even before AI. And now we can't really believe anything. The The second fake article is supposedly written by a left-leaning French newspaper. Uh, and it was shared by a Telegram account uh, with links to Russian Russia Today RT, right, which is owned by the Russian government. It claimed that the surge in bed bugs was due to Ukrainian refugees. Oh, come on. Uh, so fake news everywhere. But the uh, French intelligence told RMC they don't think Russia 
has initiated the bedbug panic in Paris. It rather rode the wave of the upcoming bedbug terror shared by people on social media. So they're just kind of like taking advantage of the situation. Um, but that's so strange. The world has become such a strange place. It really has. Speaking of world, the world becoming a strange Speaking place. Speaking of strange, yeah. This is a doozy. Are you ready for it? This worker at a Chinese brewery was filmed peeing in the beer tank. Oh, no. I mean, can you not trust anything? Is it a Budweiser Certainly, plant? It's the Tsingtao Brewery. Oh, okay. And it's a viral video that reportedly shows a worker at one of their factories peeing into a tank. It was posted on Chinese social media platform Weibo. Got this we, guy Weibo? Weibo. Weepy. Yeah. Got this man in a worker's uniform apparently urinating in the tank. Now, I mean. I thought I, you were going to say he fell in or jumped in. No. Mm -mm. That would actually have been more preferable, I think. So he, you can't see the stream, but he's facing <laughs> Do away. Do you want to? Do you need a different angle, Kim? Well, I mean, you can't see like his member in his hand or anything, but one can assume. Well, I didn't given... get the video. Uh, we didn't want a yeah. copyright strike, and I didn't yeah. want you to um, see that. You're welcome. So you saw you saw a little more detail than I saw. Sing Tao is not confirming whether this guy actually worked at the factory, but they say neither the person who urinated in the tank nor the person who you think that's his fetish video, like he, he doesn't work at places but he gets dressed up and sneaks in in a uniform that can pass and uh yeah and takes a tinkle like that's his that's his gig that's his uh mo yeah i don't know yeah, they say that uh that neither of the people that uh that peed or took the video were direct employees of the brewery so maybe somebody snuck in and oh i'm this. sorry they were contractors that makes it okay <laughs> That's, it makes it okay so how did they handle it well sing tao releases a statement saying that particular batch of malt in that tank had been sealed off from use and that the urination well, i hope so was reported at the first opportunity the company places a high importance on media reports and has reported the matter to the public security authorities at the first opportunity. Wait, did you just um, say they, they they value media reports? What do you say? Yes. They put a high value? Of course they do, because they yes. don't want this being reported in the media. Uh, what kind of statement is that? How about you, you, you put importance on making sure this doesn't happen? Are you mean, do you feel like you would want to drink that beer if you or do you, you know, do you believe that they blocked it off and, and it this never ended up in your beer? I would even if I drank that beer, I'd probably give it, you know, a year. Give it a while. Because <laughs> it takes it takes a while for the distribution channels to, you know, work their way through. And uh, you don't really know how long beer has been sitting in that cooler. A lot. Uh, we had beer. We we had like one of those drop down coolers at our bar. Mm -hmm. You know the kind where you see them. They're right behind the bar, not the not the regular cabinets that they open up, right. but like the the one where they slide the drawer and they mm -hmm. put their hand down there. Well, they pile the beer in there, and if you're going to do it properly, you have to rotate the stock, right? Because right. say you have a Saturday night and you you use like three quarters of the beer, right? You don't want to right. pile the new stuff on top of the remaining old stuff. But sure. because people are busy and it's stressful, that's what happens. We found beer. This was in like 2011, 2012. We found beer that was dated, expired in 2009. Oh, wow. It's been there for a long time. And because of the nature of the cooler, there was a lot of melted ice at the bottom. And so mm -hmm. you have all this sludge Ew. and grossness. Yeah, really disgusting. There's uh, things you don't want to know. Well, let's stick You're with welcome. our unsanitary discussion because there's a Taco Bell... In Kokomo, Indiana, 
And they also were busted by the uh, pictures and the video of things happening in the kitchen. Apparently, one employee gave another a haircut right in the kitchen at Taco Bell. No, no. Now, you know what happens when you get a haircut? You've got little wisps of hair flying everywhere. You've got hair all over the floor. You've got, you know, hair. Come on. There's a reason why they provide hairnets. Yeah, you're not supposed to... They're going it's for the opposite of this. The county health department is no not pleased with this. They are now investigating this Kokomo Taco Bell after reports of a new hairdo happening in the kitchen. Now, are you going to stop eating at Taco Bell? Uh, due to the story, don't, I don't really eat at Taco Bell, but I think Nikki will feel safe at her San Jose Taco Bell. The picture that took the person of the two employees apparently worked at the Taco Bell for about a month before the incident. Uh, but has worked in the fast food industry for 10 years. They all say they know they're not supposed to be doing this. But come on. I mean, they have, they even have like the employee wrapped in a plastic, like leaning over with everything. The haircut happened right as the crew was getting ready for a lunch rush on uh, Thursday morning. The employee getting the haircut has a trash bag draped around her to keep hair off of her clothing. (laughs) The haircut happening right in the kitchen, about three feet away from where they make the food. So they're putting the crunch in the crunch wrap supreme. Somebody sent it to a friend, and the friend put it on social media. And that's where it went viral. Just like this massage picture earlier, you know? Don't put it online. You think nothing of it, and boom. So the person that posted it said, people deserve to know what's going on where their food is being made. Pure disgust and disbelief that this is happening. Within moments, 600 comments, 900 shares. Most of the reaction has been the same. Yuck. The Howard County Health Department is now investigating. They sent an inspector to that Taco Bell. Uh, They were inspected for compliance with the state food code. The complaint was issue, was discussed with the management at that time. The inspection report can be released as a public information after a 10-day response period. So they're Imagine all how many other that. violations they found. Ooh, I mean, it is Taco Bell after yikes. all. Yikes. No, uh, thank you. If they don't fix it, if they don't, if they, you know, I guess they need to put a sign up saying no haircuts allowed. You can be fined if you don't fix it. No so. shirts, no, sh- uh, no shoes. So yeah, uh, peeing no in hair the beer, head, haircuts no in the kitchen, you know, just a general day at the office. Why not? Oh, wow. Um, let's move on to this story. Uh, this is interesting and probably not surprising. Uh, the lonely epidemic. Uh, nearly one in four adults feels lonely, according to a new oh, study. If that you makes feel me lonely, sad. yeah, you're actually in good company. Hang out with w- us if you feel lonely. <laughs> at the Come after on party. over. The after right. party is raging. Let's do it. Yeah, put down the politics, you know, mm-hmm. stay at home and get baked and That's then right. go to Taco Bell. Mm-hmm. Uh, nearly one in four adults across the world have reported feeling very or fairly lonely, according to a new Meta Gallup no. survey. Now Gallup is working with Meta. That's scary. Uh, The new survey taken across 142 countries found 24% of people 15 and older self-reported feeling very or fairly lonely in response to the question, how lonely do you feel? The survey also found that rates of loneliness were highest in young adults with 27% of young adults aged 19 to 29 reporting feeling very or fairly lonely. The lowest rates were found in older adults. So it's actually the other way around. Only 17% of people aged 65 and older reported feeling lonely. That's because 
you know what? They're out there and they're having fun, right? I think the mm -hmm. new generations, you know, doesn't know how to have fun. No. Something going on with Gen Z. Um, mm. over, over half the adults age 45 and older reported not feeling lonely at all. While the majority of those younger than 45 answered that they felt at least a little lonely. I wonder how much of this is just technology, you know, and the yeah. older generations kind of uh, bridging both worlds, having social interactions, you know, uh, relationships right. in, 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 in real life versus mm -hmm. being 100% online and seeing, you know, this false presentation of uh, having a fabulous life on Instagram and, you know, being a jet set traveler. Yeah. You know, I think there, there's something it has it's got to have something to do with technology. Um, I think so too. Yeah. While there is little or no difference in the reported loneliness between men and women, some countries had substantial gaps in both directions depending on the country's cultural context. Overall, 79 out of the 142 countries had a, sel a higher self-reported rate of loneliness in women than men. Um, so, yeah, this is pretty crazy. Sad. Yeah. Uh, well, I want to come join the after party, and we'll uh, right. we'll keep Be you entertained, here. hopefully. Well and we'll uh, we'll hang out with you. You won't feel so lonely after all. So I want to make a public service announcement right here on the After Party Live. Okay. This is a major if announcement? If you go to Hawaii, it should be. Mm -hmm. Okay. Don't take a lava rock. Oh, yeah, don't yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't buy a souvenir. I was up on a volcano and uh, on the big island on my honeymoon, yeah. and I saw this guy. He had an array of forks, and he was taking forks, sticking it in the lava, twirling it up like spaghetti and then he would set it down to dry and then he sold them to tourists oh no that's don't lame. buy lava dried lava don't buy lava rocks don't take sand don't take anything from the haleakala national park or any other volcano site because here's what happens it's bad luck and so people will take it home and then someone Please will tell say, me the story oh, is about the goddess pele you know that's bad luck let's mention pele Pele gets pissed if you steal her stuff. So yeah, don't do it. You don't mess with Pele. <laughs> no. Uh -uh. So people go home, then they learn the, the, the stories of Pele. Yeah. And they freak out and they send their stuff back yeah. in, through the post office. They back box up the rocks they took, whatever fork-filled lava they took, and they ship it back. Well, Haleakala National Park on Maui received... 1,275 rocks in the mail in 2017, often these rocks accompanied by a letter of apology and a description of the thief's misfortune. So, am uh, my bad. I'm sorry. I took this volcanic rock from Haleakala no, National Park, and since then, my dog died, I lost my job, whatever. Come on. So people want to get these rocks out of their lives it is, of course, illegal to take anything from a national park. A pine cone, doesn't matter. A lava rock, don't take it. Yeah, I learned this from my, um, my grandma and my aunt. Uh, my aunt and uncle grew up on the Big Island. My grandma lived there for a while. So I've heard this story for a very long time. And I found mm -hmm. here's a photo of a, this is like a light, a light pole like outside the, uh, one of the post office there on the Big Island. Mm -hmm. And you can see that people have put the rocks back. And mailed they them say... Back, kind of. A, a public affairs officer for Haleakala National Park says we would really just love for people to stop taking stuff. And also, please stop mailing us stuff. <laughs> you know how long it takes to open up all those letters and deal with all the rocks that people are sending back? That explains why they're still in the parking lot. Plus, they say the rocks that are mailed back can have a horrific invasive species. 
She said, we do a really great job of trying to protect our island from species coming in and all these different intruders. So when people freely mail back all of these items, of which the majority don't even belong here at Haleakala National Park, it really does take a lot more time and it causes them significant issues. So they just don't want you to, you know, the, the, the thing is, don't take it in the first place, but also don't send it to them. They don't want it. No. Mm-mm. Uh, that's really funny. You know, yesterday we did that story about uh, Tinder allowing your mother or uh, friends yes. to recommend dates. Well, we yes. kind of have a follow up here. This is um, this is out of Taiwan. Um, alarmed by plummeting birth rates, Taiwanese officials are helping to organize singles events to try to get young people to meet, <laughs> marry and have children. This is the government. This isn't just mom. This is big brother. Uh. Uh, so they have these singles mixers uh, at a temple in Taiwan. Uh, you know, it's a temple that's dedicated to the Taiwan's god of marriage. But even yeah. in the blistering heat, these this 37-year-old makeup artist enjoyed mingling with other attendees, except for one uh, peculiar group, the local officials and dignitaries enthusiastically encouraging everyone to find love and fast. <laughs> Quote, you should pair up as quickly as possible and have kids as quickly as possible. What? Temple chairman Wang Sang-Rong told the crowd after thanking different government departments in the city of Tainan for their assistance in organizing the matchmaking event. We hope that the mayor will support us at our next event and we can solve Taiwan's national crisis together. The crisis in question, of course, a birth rate falling to record lows um, mm. there in Taiwan. As social values have shifted and young people have grown more pessimistic about their economic prospects, fertility mm. rates from South Korea to China to Singapore have sunk, raising concerns over the consequences of a rapidly shrinking and aging population. So it's not just mom, now it's your mayor. Oh, Lord, they're all coming for us. Everyone trying to tell you what you should be doing, who you should be dating. No, right. no, 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 no. Well, maybe they feel like they have to do something. I don't know. The hour flew by here on the After Party Live. Thanks for having fun with us. We appreciate it. Thanks for supporting the show, everybody. John Daly, I West, thank you. You're awesome. You know I love you. Deidre, thank you. Aloha to you. Uh, Mike Hendricks for five, thank you. And Spencer for five, thank you guys for being part of it. Luis for five, the After Woo! Party Live has been found to reduce loneliness. That's right. Increase, Increase laughter. laughter. Raise, raise your, your IQ. I don't all know of the above. <laughs> we also want to thank repeat contributors, Cheryl Jean yeah. Jay, Brian V, Pinky C, and Kim N. Without you, we couldn't do this every day, yeah. every afternoon on the After Party Live. Have a Bye, great everybody. afternoon, Kim. Thank you. Bye -bye. You too, John Daly. Mm -hmm. Ciao.